You're listening to Work Human Radio. And here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome to Work Human Radio, pioneered by Global Force. I'm your host, Mike Wood, and I'm lucky today to be able to talk to Lars Schmidt. Lars is the founder of Amplify Talent and the co-founder of HR Open Source. He's an expert on employer branding, was the former director of talent at NPR. If you ever want to syndicate Work Human Radio, just let me know. Um, and has <laughs> recently consulted for Hootsuite and even SpaceX. Welcome to the program, Lars. Yeah, Mike, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. So um, you have been all over the map in terms of like being where like the new technology is going. I, I think you have a new project now called Open Source HR. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so we uh, we launched HR Open Source about two years ago. Uh, my co-founder, Ambrosia Bertesi, who uh, at the time was the head of people for Hootsuite, now she's the head of people, or she's a people leader at Duo Security. And, uh, we, you know, she came up from the HR side. I came up from the recruiting side and our corporate backgrounds. And, uh, we really were having a conversation around the kind of growing gap between, uh, practitioners in HR that are kind of operating at the leading edges, uh, and practitioners that are, are kind of, you know, falling further and further behind that. And, uh, what we wanted to do is try to create a platform that would really, uh, democratize access to progressive Practices and and use this and essentially create a global community of HR and recruiting practitioners um, based on collaboration and openness, um, with really a focus on kind of the future of work and what's next and progressive practices, so that uh, practitioners all around the world had kind of actionable case studies and uh, you know stories and resources and essentially a network that they can tap into to help them tackle those problems. That's great. Um, now, is this this is a free service that they can join, right? Yep. Yeah. This uh, HR Open Source is a uh, not for profit, so all of the resources, all of the content, um, everything is uh, is entirely free. That's fantastic. Uh, what we've seen at our work human events is that people are really looking for that connection with other HR practitioners and kind of the you know sharing of what they're going through and best practices. So this is a great service that you're doing for everybody. Yeah, thanks. I think that's an important piece. You know, we uh, and my my co-founder and I we've been going to conferences for quite some time, and you know we're fortunate to be able to speak at events and attend events. Um, and we kind of have we we built up a network of people that are really operating at the vanguard. But we also realize that we're very much in the minority. And so for us, um, we wanted to create something for practitioners that, you know, they don't have budgets to necessarily go to a lot of events or they can't become members of subscription-based resources. We didn't feel the budget should be uh, a determining factor on your ability to innovate. And so really that was a big driving force in, in creating, most importantly, a free kind of community uh, where practitioners can can get high-value resources uh, regardless of what their, their budget situation is. That's great. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Sabrina Baker out of uh, California. Yeah. But, um, yep. Yeah, so I've talked with her a lot about um, just what do these HR departments of one do? Like how can they yeah. find out the latest things <laughs> that do? I mean, obviously, they, they don't have a ton of budget to even make these big changes. So like – in terms of, you know, creating a more human workforce, like what, what is one small thing that uh, people can do? Yeah, I mean, I think if, you're, if your goal is creating more human workforce, the step one is really listening to your employees. 
um, and, and immerse yourself in them. And I think that that is, you know, that's a, a shift that we're starting to see in, in HR. I think historically is kind of um, had a hard time walking the line of being the uh, the kind of compliance-driven entity uh, of an organization that um, that that feels that it has to keep its distance from employees to an extent. To I think we're starting to see a shift now of a much more you know, for lack of a better word, human, uh, you know, human resources field where uh, you are kind of focused more on things like the employee experience and retention and employee lifetime value and things like that, that um, that I think historically, you know, weren't necessarily always the way that, uh, that the field of HR uh, approached its role. So I think that uh, we're starting to see more of that. And that's, that's a good thing for our field. And it's certainly a good thing for employees. Technology has changed everything. People are more mobile. They're, they're able to go to a job that they want to go to. Um, it's not, not everybody's working in the steel mill for 50 years, uh, anymore. So, um, it's, uh, we, we are a big proponent of, you know, information sharing and we have our work human community forum on LinkedIn, but I'm, I'm really glad that you have this, this group for, uh, for people to, to share. Um, yeah. And I mean, from, from our point of view, like we're not, um, and this is kind of an interesting thing, you know, we, we launched right around the time, uh, actually just a little bit before, um, Google's, uh, rework platform launch, which is their kind of, um, their flavor of, of open source, if you will, in, in HR, where they share some of their practices and templates. And, you know, from our point of view, um, the more entities that exist that are helping practitioners, you know, better themselves, better their ability to support their organizations, you know, the better. So, uh, you know, we, we love that, uh, we, we always try to shine a light on any organization that is there to particularly, uh, at no cost to help practitioners because, um, you know, the more people are aware of what resources are out there that can help them and help support them, you know, the better and, and more impact they'll be able to make in their role. And ultimately that raises the entire, field and the capabilities of, of the industry. So everybody wins. Yeah. So in your, in your career, I mean, you've, you've gone from, from NPR to helping uh, companies like Hootsuite and even astronauts at SpaceX. Um, what is there, are there any common issues that, you know, you see across the board um, with any of those? You know, I think there's probably more common issues than uncommon issues, to be honest. Um, one of the things that I've I've been pretty deliberate with in my career, even before I, I started my own firm, was was I always try to work in a different industry. Um, I rarely have worked in the same industry twice, and over you know 20 years, um, that's probably somewhat rare. But for me, it was really deliberate because I wanted to see how they're solving problems. I just wanted to see what problems they had. In different industries, and then how they solve them, and then ultimately, my feeling was if I can, uh, you know, create this uh, this mental library of how to solve challenges in different industries, and bring each of those learnings to a new industry, um, that's going to be a big differentiator. And the one thing that I've that I've realized is that there's not, of course, there's nuance differences per industry in terms of the types of people you you hire and uh, and developmental um, unique developmental plans and retention challenges with each of them but um, but they're not fundamentally different I think fundamentally they have a lot more in common than they do different which is uh, probably not not something that would be intuitive but um, certainly something that I've seen 
and is spending some time firsthand in different industries. Is there anything that you can share about like things that you're working on right now? Like what, what did, do you have any passion projects or, or any interesting uh, clients that you're working with now? Um, yeah, I mean, most of my, uh, my, my current client work is, is under NDA, so I, I can't get into specifics on projects. Um, but I think that I'm always, I'm always interested in, in different kind of community projects, collaborative projects. Um, so one of the things that, uh, that I'd recently launched was, um, something I called the Amplify Learning Lab. And it was basically, you know, I've been, I've had a newsletter. I've, I've been curating content for uh, a couple of years now, um, of really things uh, that I think are, are interesting or informative around the intersection of culture and talent and brand and the future of work. And so, um, typically I've been kind of clipping all these articles into an Evernote folder. Um, you know, where they sat and I tagged them so I could go back and reference them or I could share them with the clients if they needed guidance on a particular project. Uh, but I've recently just taken my entire archives and uploaded it into a new community platform um, called the Amplify Learning Lab and uh, made that all available for free so people could go. And the idea is I wanted to have something a bit more dynamic than just a newsletter where, you know, you kind of push out content and you don't really know kind of what's resonating. You can track clicks, but you don't really know kind of what folks are finding interesting. Um, and, and you're certainly not inspiring dialogue and conversation around the topic. Whereas uh, in this platform, it's hosted by a tool called Mighty Networks. Um, you're able to do just that. So I'm able to not just share the content, but kind of see how people are interacting with it, see what questions people have on it, but ultimately make it a live resource library so you can follow the topics that interest you. Um, it's all searchable, um, and it's a, it's a cool way for me to be able to, to take all that content that uh, I have been and continue to curate and, and give it away and make it available for folks um, to, to find and read and, and hopefully kind of find some inspiration or learn something. Great. That's fantastic, Lars. Uh, so how can our listeners find you if they uh, want to follow all the great things that you're doing? Yeah, so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very findable. Um, you can go to uh, LarsSchmidt.com. That's my, my personal website that's kind of under construction, but there's stuff there. Um, my, my business website is my company. It's uh, AmplifyTalent.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Lars, at Lars, L-A-R-S. And um, really on my Amplify site, um, you can find um, I write for Fast Company and Forbes and uh, a few other uh, publications. So you can basically find all my work through that. Now, how were you able to get at Lars as your Twitter user? <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a story there, of course, right? Yeah. So uh, uh, I, I was pretty uh, – I got in pretty early on Twitter. I forget the exact year. Um, but uh, – Originally, I was actually when I first got on, I was living in, in Southern California and I went to Florida State. So my Twitter handle was SoCal Mole. Uh, very, very Sweet. creative. Um, <laughs> but I moved to uh, Northern Virginia and that no longer made sense. So I, uh, ironically, it was just before I joined NPR. And when I used to answer my phone, I'd say, Hi, this is Lars. So I was like, Oh, I'll just make it this is Lars. Uh, and then I got to NPR and everyone's like, Oh, that's really clever. Like, this is NPR. I'm like, um, that is, but it's not. Like, I mean, that would be clever if I had the foresight to think of that, but I didn't. It was not related to that. Uh, but anyway, there was a guy, uh, a tech founder in Denmark who had the handle Lars. And, um, he basically, um, you know, I've been tracking him for since I've been on Twitter and his use kind of declined and declined and declined. And finally, I just reached out and said, Hey, this is going to be a really random question, but, uh, would you be open to parting with that? 
that handle. Um, and he was. So yeah, I, uh, I basically got it. Um, he, he gifted it to me and it was, uh, it was a, a, a cool experience. It's one of those things where it was a good reminder of, you know, you never get what you don't ask for. And, uh, and I thought I couldn't hurt to ask. And I guess I got him at the right time and he was super cool about it. So, um, yeah, he ended up, uh, transferring it over to me and, um, that's that's how how it made its way to me. That's great. I got stuck with Mike with tweets, which I actually it's grown on me a little bit, but uh, that's me. <laughs> um, yeah, you know the cool thing is I get uh, I get all kinds of Lars Ulrich tweets. There's actually there's a DJ in Europe named Lars, DJ Lars. I get a lot of his tweets. Uh, I get a lot of <laughs> Lars Ulrich tweets. I actually had a, a before Dreamforce this year. Mark Benioff was interviewing Lars Ulrich for a panel. And uh, Benioff tweeted at Lars, um, nice. thinking it was all. So I had to say, uh, "Hey, I, I, uh, my 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 skills on the sticks are uh, demonstrably <laughs> less than uh, than than this guy. So uh, let me point you in the right direction." Awesome. Well, uh, thank you for joining us. Um, it's always a pleasure to meet people that are doing some good in the HR community. Um, so thank you for joining Work Human Radio, and it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, sounds great, Mike. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to join and uh, take care. 